welcome to the another another episode of the podcast called behind the success in today's episode we are going to understand about sustainable journey of vasuki and and i believe digging deeper into into his personality we'll be able to understand why he's doing what he's doing and i guess that's the oral crux of the the podcast itself so i would like to welcome you vasuki for agreeing to be on the podcast and i'm really looking forward to the conversation thank you for inviting me um i went through some of the programs and uh, you are doing a really a good job and uh, i'm very happy to be part of this thank you L- let's start from the early days i would say and my first question to you would be just to understand about your early childhood days and who are the people who are around you and what do you recall i mean when i when i when i say that early childhood days what is the first memory or couple of people comes to your mind i I'm from a village which is about uh, 70 kilometers from uh, Bangalore where I'm currently living and uh, the life at village was uh, very um, nice um, I think uh, we used to go around there used to be a river that would actually come to uh, life uh, only in the uh, monsoon season there used to be a garden at home and uh, digging soil and uh, also doing a little bit of gardening was always uh, part of the uh, daily life and whenever actually i am uh, angry with my uh, parents actually i would actually go to the garden and dig some soil and then remove some weeds it would actually uh, help because something i had to do um i think uh, we used to live in a community where there used to be lot of teachers um and uh, uh, i i think uh, there are few teachers who were who were who had a lot of influence on my life also all right there is one thing which which i definitely recall from my experiences as well so so let's say i i was born and initially lived in the fort called chitorgarh which is in rajasthan and uh, we used to had lot of small ponds uh, around and i could see that every now and then people used to come together and they used to clean clean those ponds regularly because they they knew that the source of their water is coming from there and it is their responsibility to take care of it so one thing i would like to know i mean i'm sure uh, whatever we do today right and the kind of people we have become is the combination of choices we made in the past or the people who created an influence on us so is there any particular individual who created that influence on you in order to have a i mean in order to build a lifestyle around sustainability or now considering the career path as well i i i think uh, it was more of uh, uh, the pristine nature um, and the uh, surrounding or even actually going to the river bank and then plucking some uh, jamun um, the, those are actually some of the uh, you know things that i remember and also agree visiting agricultural fields and uh, you know uh, at least the clean air and uh, you know the the whole concept around that one um I, how <clears throat> we used to actually uh, live uh, in a community together i think that had a lot of influence uh, on me thank you uh, so now since since you talked about that you were born just in outskirts of bangalore 
and the reason why i'm using outskirts is because i mean 70 kilometers earlier maybe now let's close up uh the way city has been expanding so one thing i i'm very keen to know because i keep coming to bangalore because i believe there's there's a huge startup ecosystem uh, and the kind of a kind of work in sustainability also happening around it really inspires you to look look to people look up to people and just to see that how you can actually co-create with them so i would like to know that what is your earlier memory of bangalore and how do you see that bangalore as a city changed because of commercialization because of a lot of people coming in and so i mean what kind of difference you visualize about the city i think the rem- memory uh, is actually getting on to a uh, government uh, bus the ksrtc bus uh, that's the uh, and then uh, maybe around 5 am in the morning and reaching bangalore by around uh, 8:30 or 9 o'clock going to one of the relatives house uh, i would actually uh, remember the um, i think it's the smell of uh, lpg Uh, because uh, that was not there in the village i don't know some reason actually that kind of uh, was uh, in my memory also uh, we would be lost in actually even in those days uh, you know going from one place to another place because they all look uh, very similar uh, you know kind of a uh, you know this uh, art art i think i'm not familiar um, but it was actually lush green um because bangalore is always known for a uh, uh, lot of trees on either side of the road and those days actually there used to be many and uh, we used to have also this uh, circle uh, where you have to go around uh, it was not really not many traffic signal at that time i'm talking about early uh, late 80s uh, that's the you know the memory that i have and uh, um uh, it it is actually as you rightly said um it and the ambience was something uh, helpful the ecosystem was uh, helpful for co-creating and uh, uh, even for students to uh, you know kind of uh, look up to uh, you know moving to the uh, city and it was welcoming and it's also uh, cozy uh, the weather in uh, bangalore uh, has always been actually uh, that cozy and uh, you know uh, cloudy and uh, very nice and lot of drizzle and that's the memory i have thank you and in fact uh, when i was when i was talking about chitorgarh and my personal uh, experience with the community coming together i i was i was just thinking that in if you go to the earlier days there used to be kings and rulers who used to kind of sponsor building up community spaces building up lot of things and they used to ask people who were around like who are the the residents there to maintain them and that was the kind of model uh, between the investment and the operations was there my connecting this what i would like to know is that there is one thing uh, which we somehow pick up uh, throughout our lives and we just enjoy it i mean it could be a hobby it could be a particular thing so i would like to know that is there anything particular in, in terms of sustainability or diy uh, which you have been doing for a long time and you feel that that was i mean one of the factor which actually kind of intrigue you to to like get into other aspects of sustainability i think the uh, because i was not i, I was from a uh, family which is uh, kind of uh, had to meet the uh, let's put it this way i think it is actually end of the day if we have three meals uh, that itself was actually a big thing and uh, that actually makes you um you know always 
uh, humble and uh, at a point and then also uh, you know um, the the garden used to actually give us some of the vegetables and fruits and uh, whether it is actually papaya grown or the guava or even uh, uh, you know many other vegetables um, we would always actually be you know eager to uh, harvest or pluck and then eat and uh, that's the uh, you know joy i think uh, afterwards when i uh, even uh, moved to united states for about 9 uh, years or so and where we could afford uh, you know lot more uh, fruits i think the taste of uh, uh, the, the the papaya that was there is actually always something etched in my memory and uh, i cherish uh, the taste of it i think you you, you kind of summarize it beautifully because i would say i mean so i was watching something yesterday on prime and i i realized that there there's a particular dialogue where someone so ranveer prar is the cast uh, opposite to pratik kanti and he, he asked that uh, do you like this dish and he says that this is this is one of the best he says that the best dish is my grandmother grandmother used to cook so i think this kind of a psychological memory or kind of kind of care or kind of certain something more added up is there along with just the taste of whatever we eat so i think it's it's, it's really beautiful to hear uh, because i could i could connect because i love cooking lately and i i honestly do not like to cook for myself i only cook when i invite people over to eat so i could feel uh, the kind of joy you get because you visualize the entire process that you're going to cook how they're going to feel once they eat it and how you are going to feel once you see them feeling that joy so i think that, that is somehow is there i mean and and i think that also reduces the effort because when you're growing let's say your own fruits and all of that you're not thinking about the hard work going in you're more thinking about the end result and how you're going to feel at the end of it and right? and so, be eager to share it with your neighbors uh, uh you know that's the uh, beauty of uh, uh, gardening true and in fact i guess they also wait for every season like oh mango's gonna come papaya gonna come and all of that right. uh, so thank you for that uh with this another thought i mean this is this little uh, i would say more an open ended question i would like to know that there are a lot of days being celebrated right so we talk about uh, let's say environmental day earth day water day right and i see some people saying that these ideas are good because it creates at least some kind of turmoil uh, in the water some people believe that i mean this is just the trendy stuff for people to do for a day so what is your take i mean how do you see these days and what would be your suggestion that what could change with these days in coming times i mean um before i think when i lived in the us uh, even it included the mothers day and fathers day uh, those things also <clears throat> and unless we designate uh, a day um, we actually uh, it's it gives us an opportunity to celebrate and uh, celebration is the uh, basic uh, you know key thing uh, in in that and uh, uh if we don't actually designate a day then we may actually even forget to celebrate uh so our religious festivals the way it is actually designated uh similarly i think uh, environment day or even mothers day all these things um i, I think um, i really like the idea and also um, yeah i mean we don't kind of uh, you know try to celebrate too much 
but at least in a subtle way that we can actually remember and also make sure that, you know, we kind of care for people and the environment. So I'm all for it. Thank you. So I guess, yeah, definitely. I mean, awareness is the the start of anything else. Because I recall, I got into waste management back in 2016 when I visited Bangalore and SW Marty. And in fact, I... I recently saw, I think, Wani's post as well that you've been there. And I also been to her house back in 2016. I was so inspired that so much was happening. And since then, I see a lot of things happening around. And uh, I think it definitely is a good idea that once you you somehow start sensitizing yourself, and that is where the trigger comes, that you think, oh, I'm now aware. How do I move from awareness to call to action? And then for the so on. So definitely, I thank you for sharing that. Now, now slightly moving to the another segment that I, so my research says that you have been with corporate for 22 years and, uh, and now moving to social entrepreneurship, how do you see that shift happening? And is there any particular incident which inspired you to move from the corporate sector to, to your own venture? Or is there certain people who kind of inspired you to do that? So would just like to know a little about it. It's actually the party syndrome. Um, I think uh, that's made uh, made me actually uh, let me do try to do something else. Uh, what else to do in uh, you know kind of life? And um, I was very passionate about uh, programming, uh, software programming, initial days, and then later on in uh, corporate structure, it so happens that we kind of move. Uh, up the ladder and sometimes the ladder actually reaches the point where uh, you know it's more into people management and it's not as exciting as actually the programming days um, because I think I'm a techie from you know my heart so uh, it so happened that I was actually in that uh, situation and then um, then I started actually doing a few uh, freelance uh, work uh, on software development again and uh, then one fine day, a friend of mine uh, called me and said, uh, you know, let's do something in this segment, uh, the environment. Obviously, we never had thought through the head and tail of actually sustainable living or even waste management for that matter. Uh, he's the reason. I think I usually I meet him and then I keep telling him, actually, we still both are in the segment. And then. Uh, I tell him that, you know, it's it's because of you, you triggered this uh, kind of a thing. Um, I'm a field guy. Uh, I love, uh, you know, being in the place where we are actually working, uh, where we are actually deploying a solution. Um, <clears throat> going forward, I think I kind of started positioning myself more and more as a solution provider because I love problem solving and process improvement. I think that's from the corporate language. Uh, it's it's what we do, right? And I kind of could see the correlation uh, between what I was doing as a uh, project manager or as a programmer to what I was actually deploying uh, in uh, in solid waste management segment also. Uh, but it took about uh, two, two and a half years to learn uh, what we call it as the simple science, but it's a whole lot of art of composting. Uh, I think uh, uh, because um, what I entered into is community composting first <coughs> rather than actually trying to do home composting uh, because our business model that we started working on was to not position position ourselves as an NGO uh, and it 
in order to sustain, it has to be a social enterprise. So there was a mentor, uh, Mr. T. Jairaman. He's still there. Uh, he's from Chennai. He is the one who told us that let's do a social enterprise. It is a low profit margin, uh, you know, company. But it's important that we sustain this on our own rather than waiting for some grants. I think uh, that holds good for my the whole journey. Uh, my company has never been an NGO. It is actually a for-profit organization. But volunteering and also uh, trying to sustain the business goes hand in hand. So that's where actually I am in two trust. Uh, there is actually a Solid Waste Management Roundtable that you mentioned, SWMRT is where I am uh, playing an active role as a member, as well as there is a waste impact is a trust. But I'm also running this social enterprise called uh, Silent Health Solution. It, we are very passionate about the work that we do. Uh, I think uh, uh, it comes out uh, in whatever that we try to post on social media or the work that we do. Um, uh, we are very passionate and I'm glad that uh, I could find that passion again. Uh, the way I was a programmer initially and I was very interested in uh, that. Now I am actually uh, deploying these solutions. And here we are actually not uh, trying to get to a point where, okay, we build an organization, let me start running an organization. Then I will lose that uh, passion again. I am actually, uh, so it's not a scalable model, what the work that I am doing, but it gives me a lot of happiness uh, and uh, able to be a, be there actually, and then be a solution provider. Thank you. I guess you, you immediately talked about the sense of fulfillment and sense of achievement, which is there. Uh, just for the listeners and viewers, I just wanted to share that social enterprise is an organization where your objective is to make profits, but your your objective is also to work for people and that is that that's the the blend which is there that you you are like not an ngo but then you work for the society from the perspective of gaining a profit so that you can invest back to people and community so now since you talked about soil health solutions uh, i would like to know this fictional let's say a question just imagine that you're in 90s and you're like sitting on that sitting on a chair having a coffee and now, if you have to reflect back, what are, let's say, those two things would be, which you feel is something your organization did for the community and you feel proud of being being the founding member of it? Um, you're referring to, uh, I mean... I'm referring to Soil and Health Solution. Soil and Health Solution is only about a seven-year-old right. um, organization. And uh, uh, you're talking about Soil and Health in the last seven years, what work? Uh, we have done no i'm asking uh so l let's imagine that you're in your 90s and you're mm. sitting on a chair having a coffee now you reflect back the work you have done for years what are one or two things comes to your mind that you feel really proud of that as an organization you were able to do i think it's the creating awareness um uh, initially i never thought that um you know uh, why we really need to uh, educate um you know, why people are not following. I, th I think we kind of dwell too much on the problem uh, in the initial days. And 
there was a uh, realization it also comes from uh, about uh, three or four gurus that i have in this segment uh, in this solid waste management segment and uh, uh, the way uh, in which actually they continue to uh, create awareness um, i think uh, we uh, the, the, the spirit with which um, initially i started my career in solid waste management loading my innova with a uh, with items and totally packed in the innova even now after 6 or 7 years i still travel the same way so it has not come down it that is the reason why we can actually continue to uh, you know keep up with the work uh, going to so many different traveling uh, driving uh, to so many places and then um, uh, so the the awareness is uh, one of the very important thing the second thing is uh, there is dr joshi cherian um, i think uh, my he's a microbiologist he's an organic farmer uh, he's been my guru uh, one of the guru and um, i learned uh, patience i think uh, in my uh, corporate life and also in the initial days of uh, composting and uh, solid waste management segment um i when someone actually points finger at me i'm i would actually really react but uh, here comes a this man and uh, uh you, you know vasuki don't actually they just throw questions at you they want to actually provoke you uh, you don't need to really res- you know respond uh, you know to those things and also know where to escalate you know whom to approach rather than actually trying to talk to the uh you know low hanging uh you know the set of people so patience is something i learned from him and also how to uh, stay calm and then uh, you know uh, try to uh, explain and uh, this thing so um i was actually a good listener from the beginning i've been uh, you know that but uh, this having patience particularly is actually something i was not really ready but uh, it's helping a lot so i don't know whether i answered you no you did you did i mean you definitely did in in a way and uh, i would see so i mean I, i would see that usually this is one of the start and then that is how this creates a bigger dent on the things we are doing and uh, i i can relate to you because i've been in social entrepreneur for six more than six years now and when i look back i think i am also very calm personality like people have not seen me angry that doesn't mean i don't get angry i mean it's just like whenever i'm angry i go around nature i just sit with myself and i reflect the entire scenario that what different i could have done in order to change their reactions or responses and i guess that that allows you that you you start seeing things from the different lens and that also helps back because when you're building solutions for your own organization then you think about risk management how to avoid particular scenarios and things like that i think it's wonderful because a lot of us have been consumed these days with technology and we're losing patience and i guess the, the important aspect of being calm is that you are able to be with yourself in fact i was so i followed this organization called mindvalley this based out in now estonia and kuala lumpur and they do like lot of different wonderful sessions about unlocking human potential beat breathwork beat uh, meditation and i was reading someone's post and said that my first favorite meditation is running while the second meditation is just sitting idle and not listening to anything so 
we are trying to distract ourselves by with the guided meditation listening songs and doing meditations listening certain sounds and doing meditation the hardest part comes is that you just sit and you do not think anything and that's the hardest part of the meditation so i think that really develops your patience and i guess it it's an important skill to have these days thank you now my last question to you is that since you're also known as the diy guy so my question to you is that any one or two tips you have for people who are going to watch the video or listen to the podcast that what they can actually do to start maybe a small or big but at least that helps them start their sustainable lifestyle and journey so sure. uh, it's actually vani murthy who called me diy guy and then later on i think it i kind of added it in the instagram and that became kind of a buzzword so um she is one of the uh, major uh, source of inspiration um uh, you know for many and uh, including me um so i, I think uh, it's important that we should not overwhelm ourselves uh, trying to get into the mode of uh, um you know the sustainable living or even minimalistic uh, lifestyle actually that those are kind of have become the buzzword uh one step at a time i i think that's the uh video uh, that i started actually doing uh it's it's important to um uh, you know do a, a waste audit or uh, you know look at all the garbage that we generate uh, in a month uh, time and then i took that whole file and then actually uh, spread it on my landing area and then i actually started looking at you know what are the things that i can actually start uh, reducing uh, it gives an option um, there is also a visit to landfill uh, you know uh, over a period of time i think every municipality every city that we go to we tell them that you know we need to visit the landfill and i would capture pictures and it gives you a uh, lot of ideas um also a kabadiwala or a driveways collection center where people are uh, sitting down on the floor and segregating uh, these can actually help i do take some teams actually to come with me uh, to those places and then um so um it can actually change uh, you know a person who is actually throwing this uh, 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 you know some amount of chutney that is left in the food container and putting it in take them to the driveways collection center or a kabadiwala they will actually uh, i'm sure they will change now one step at a time uh, is the uh, uh, is way to go and um, there are actually about six or seven items that we can actually easily shift and beyond that um, we i do not uh, you know force anything on others actually i started look you know the power of passive influence uh, we actually carry our own cutlery we i go to a wedding uh, i will actually arrange things i don't actually speak about it at all and they will actually either come and speak to me or borrow uh, you know another set of cutlery that i may have uh, but i have seen uh, passive influence uh, it's amazing uh, we just need to put our head down lead by example and passive influence you will be surprised you will be uh, you know surprised to hear uh, feedback from uh, your neighbors friends and uh, relatives come to you and tell you i have seen you do this and uh, now i am also following that it gives immense uh, happiness true i think i completely agree word by word what you said uh, because so 
So there are two things which came to my mind also. The so one is I I also carry my own cutlery uh, like stainless steel straw and then uh, a spoon and the fork. And in fact, when I went to Thailand recently for twenty days, also I carried it. So one thing which I've noticed is that whenever let's say I go to a cafe or a restaurant, and whenever I take it out, I somehow create influence of three set of people. One who are going to serve me, they start conditioning. Oh, there is something new also apart from plastic straw, which are now banned anyways. Uh, and then, uh, like paper straws, usually get very soggy and all of that. Second aspect is that people who are there on the table with you, they somehow will not say anything, but they will register this behavior in their mind. And thirdly, whoever is sitting in the cafe or restaurant, if by chance they're gonna have a look at your table and look at you, they will also kind of. seek that inspiration that yeah i think something i need to do because especially with generation z what i've noticed is that it's a, a rebel generation that if you tell them that do this they will not do so the easiest part is that you implant the idea in their head and eventually they feel that that is their idea they need to work upon it and they eventually do it so i think i completely agree and and this is where i whenever i go for a lot of sessions i also talk about that having awareness is an idea but moving that awareness into call to action is altogether different thing so me knowing that i should not litter but when i'm holding that plastic cup or paper cup and i'm thinking that i should throw this into a dustbin is a different game than just having the awareness so i guess this is a wonderful wonderful conversation and and i would would like to recommend uh, people please go and if you're curious i mean to know about what kind of device you can do you can go and check out his instagram uh, we'll also post in the comment section for to make it easier for you thank you for this segment 1 now i would like to take you to segment 2 called spotlight and the idea behind this segment is that there are there are lot of lot of personal uh, aspects we have i mean it could be like maybe this i love reading i love consuming content and that somehow feeds back to my inspiration and knowledge so my recommendation uh, to everyone for today if you love autobiographies uh, it's a book called alex ferguson you can also see in my background the, the lowest book uh, alex ferguson is a known 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 individual uh, when it comes to uh, football era and also in the coaching industry so i would say a lot of time we would like to become managers but then what is important is that we become coaches to people and the moment you whoever you working with the moment you start inculcating their growth into the idea of your own organization they will go extra mile in order to do things for you and that is the overall fundamental belief i have so if you would like to understand the journey of alex ferguson with manchester united i would highly recommend that you go forward and have a read of this book and that's my recommendation for today vasuki what's your recommendation um actually uh, i read uh, books i mean <coughs> both the english as well as uh, the local language the kannada and uh, the books that uh, influenced me is uh, uh the one related to the life uh, there is a popular author called shivram karan so um i think in terms of uh, english novel i'm not able to immediately get any uh, name but this novel uh, is actually uh, going back to soil uh, that's the loose translation of uh, the title of the book and it talks about uh, some of the sustainable practices uh that was there in the uh, what is called actually the agriculture it was actually agriculture before green revolution now it is called organic farming natural farming lot of different names but um that book is something uh, had a lot of influence and also the life uh, of the family 
who actually would pluck something that is already grown, uh, that is already there in the garden, and that will drive what you are going to prepare for the day. And um, I think uh, I kind of refer to that book in most of my speech, uh, actually. Uh, and uh, the, uh, the the food uh, coming from the garden and uh, some of the sustainable practices is amazing. And uh, we need to actually uh, consult, check our parents and grandparents and then, uh, you know, figure out how to live sustainable. Thank you very much. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. And I would again like to extend my gratitude that you said yes and joined the, the episode. Uh, thank you once again. And uh, to viewers, we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you, Gaurav. All clips and voices you heard belongs to the original creators and we have provided links of them in our show notes. The episode is edited by Avi Agarwal and the music is given by Salam.